0: It is a truth universally acknowledged that Elise, in possession of a microphone, must be in want of a Pride and Prejudice rant. Hello,
1: and welcome to Exposing Your High School Reading List.
0: This podcast is dedicated to unpacking and improving the high school English curriculum. Except today. I mean, like, okay, some people read Pride and Prejudice, but not that many people read it. It's for my birthday if you're listening to this on release day it's my birthday which means I make the rules. Yes. <laughs> right guys? Absolutely.
1: I suppose.
0: <laughs> you suppose? You'll notice that Becca is missing. That's because she hates <laughs> <her>. <laughs> she,
1: she personally wanted to wish you a horrible birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah. She uh-huh.
0: ha- we have beef now. <laughs> Sorry guys. The pod has <laughs> <died>. uh, She's <laughs> actually no, no, she's Becca... actually
1: tutoring her sibling right now. It's very yeah, sweet. Yeah. It's
0: very like lovely. it's good. No. We I gave I gave her permission to miss this. It. Out it's
2: of context okay. quotes going to be like,
0: <laughs> oh God, no. We yeah, love Becca. We do. Otherwise, we wouldn't do the pod. Yeah, that is correct. Not just like her, <laughs> just like all of us. I should specify. Uh, Greta, do you want to tell them your good news? Oh my God,
1: yeah. So I just <laughs> met up with my sister for the first time in a while, and she surprised me with this lovely pair of socks. For those of you who don't know, I am a big fan of socks, uh, as most people are, because yeah. they're wonderful. Yeah. Everybody Everyone who's good likes socks, that's <laughs> yeah. what I say. Anyway, this particular pair of socks is tan, and it has these beautiful, fun-loving otters on them carrying slices of watermelon. Which They're makes ottermelons. Them. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. They're so good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the ottermelons were the highlight of my day today, in case anyone was curious. I thought
0: this was the highlight
1: of, of the day. The ottermelons just <laughs> surpassed it somehow. Okay. I, I get it. okay. It's like, you know... If someone had given me otter melon yeah. socks,
2: that would no. Actually, I can't Shh. do that. What if someone had given you an otter melon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like?
2: Like for my birthday? Like just a squishmallow, or <laughs> <are> like a squishable <laughs> An otter holding a watermelon. Okay, okay. Boys, who do I to know, the
0: know the who's gonna the give, the give the me the an otter, otter holding a watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> a watermelon? I think I could do it. Oh my god! Don't set the bar that high. I'll be disappointed. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. You'd give me a stuffed otter that is holding a stuffed otter. Yeah, I can milk. do that. So okay. here's the
1: deal. Because it's Elise's birthday episode, naturally we can't forget when we're talking about Pride and Prejudice to also incorporate hockey.
0: And so... Yeah, because if there are two things that you need to know about me. It's that I like hockey and that I
2: love <laughs> <laughs> Eat, sleep, and breathe Pride and Prejudice.
0: <laughs> Pretty much- in class today. In class today. Rebecca tell our professor, Greta and I are in the same class again. She was like, oh, this is something that Jane Austen does really well. And then I, you know, Greta and I had a moment. And then Rebecca says, oh, is that something that we're thinking of or whatever? And I was like, I am always (laughs) thinking of Jane Austen, actually. Part of my brain is always, always dedicated to that. But for now, circling back to hockey. Circling back to hockey, which we can (laughs) do. I am going to assign all of them a player on my favorite team, the Seattle Kraken who are doing very well, Yay! by the way. Five five win streak. Four was a record. And the last the game Pets. was like really high scoring, too. Yeah. Five to one. Yeah. I didn't get to watch it. It was on TNT. Also, I was watching the election results. You know what?
1: <laughs> Equally important. <laughs> Some
0: might say more. I, <laughs> yeah. You know? I, yeah. yeah. I might say more. Anyway. I might say more. Okay, now, Greta, you might, might think I mean, that not. I am going to give you the one German player. Would it be? I, I really not. would like
1: to be groovy. <laughs> I...
0: Grubauer, Philip Grubauer is the goalie for the Seattle Kraken. I have his jersey, sweater. But you hate me. So you won't. I don't hate you. <laughs> I, think, I think that you embody Yanni Gord. And if anybody, nobody listening to this will understand, that's okay. Just know he's laughter. He's always smiling, but also he's like the best at chirping. What does that mean? Like, what does he, chirping mean? Everybody else like, is like throwing in uh, stuff. Oh. Like you don't want to be playing That's again. what I'm saying. I- that's He's also very much captain material, like, like okay. we wanted to be captain, maybe. Yeah, he's great. Also, he has a very cute daughter. They <laughs> have a good time. He, Yanni Gord is also French-Canadian, sure. which I like, you personally. Know? There's not that many actu- like French-Canadian yeah, makes players sense. Yeah. these days. But I think if you knew anything about Yanni Gord, you would agree with me. I do agree okay. with
1: you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you, so much. you can't tell me I'm wrong. It's I also birthday, literally cannot
1: tell you you're wrong because I don't watch hockey. <laughs>
0: So true, Lauren. Well, one day, <laughs> was that a threat I mean, or a I promise? Do you watch so, <laughs> so, okay, Lauren. Yours is Jamie Alexiak, and not just because he's tall. He is like six seven. Like this guy, this guy's like real big. Not just that, he plays defense. He's so fun, but like you know, as most very tall people are, he's also like a quiet, yeah. like a little bit. Like he's not as bubbly as a lot of the other ones, like like Yanni Gord, who is. One of the short guys on the team. Short in hockey means you're five. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very funny. If you don't know me in real life, I am five year. But yeah, those are the, those Got to say guys.
1: your guy is looking a lot nicer than my guy. <laughs> oh my god, you me. know what you should do?
0: You know what you should do? I'm not going to assign this guy to anybody, but you should look up Alexander Wenberg, Seattle Kraken, because he is the Kraken's hottest player. Don't look at the ugly photos. <laughs> They're hockey players. They are the they have ugly photos.
1: Okay, to my boyfriend who is probably listening to this, no you're not.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you first search him, that's what pops up. Yeah, yeah, no, not that one. That's why, that's why you search Seattle mm-hmm. Kraken. He's got some real he good does. photos oh from God. recently there you go. that I send to my boyfriend. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: okay. He's, so sorry. This is just great. me reacting to all of the photos anyway, that Lauren is showing me. Yeah.
0: Love, love Jamie Alexiak. One thing about him is there's this photo. Also, he's called Big <laughs> Nice. Uh, there's this photo of him holding like a normal small size coffee cup. It looks like a tiny one because he's <laughs> like so I hard. love pictures model, like that. Yeah. Becca is Turbo Tana. What a name. <laughs> that's obviously that's Are a nickname. Sure? I like Tana. to think that
1: his real name is Turbo.
0: <laughs> he's, oh, he's so quick.
2: Oh,
1: oh so that's he's so why he's
0: quick. he name. He's
2: oh, he's so quick. So, quick so, so here's the thing, right? Like, oh. yes. <laughs> No. Yeah, the uh, ghost no, picture. No, no, no. The crazy eyes. Yes, no. the ghost picture. I thought picture. my guy
1: was funny looking. <laughs> no, he's, he's attractive. He's he does that on I purpose. Imagine.
0: He was injured last season, early December, and we Him were. in action sad. is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Okay. He's also one okay. of the players that, that I can recognize so easily based on the way that he moves on the ice. He's got a really distinct. There you like, go. Punch yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. If you watch hockey, you get it. Okay, I I guess I should assign. Yeah, you should assign someone.
1: yourself someone. Oh shoot! Are you gonna assign yourself, Groovy?
0: I don't think that I fit Groovy. Mm. Mm. I don't. Oh shoot! I didn't think of this. You I didn't, didn't prepare. I, I planned
2: a little bit. I could bit. assign you I, one randomly based off these photos.
0: You can tell me. I don't know that that will be my official Damn. assignment. No, but, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm
2: going to randomly assign you either Martin Jones or Joey Decor.
0: I was going to say Joey Decord <laughs> because Joey Decord went to Arizona Damn. State. Arizona. He's not typically on the regular Kraken roster. He's on the roster right now or I think was just moved back and will probably move back again because of Groovy's injured mm. right now. So he's a goalie. He's great. I don't know that my vibes are him, though. I, I think, honestly, oof, this is tough. I feel like it might be it might be Will Borgen because Borgie, Borgie, if you will, and I will. He's got some of the same humor. What is I he? Do. A cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um. He also plays defense. I don't know if that's what I would do if I were hot His eyes sure
1: are far apart.
0: <laughs> Roasting You're on so hockey you know, I really think that, that it would be fun if we did a hockey
2: podcast.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I would just, <laughs> oh, just be roasting them the whole For time.
2: For Elisa's posterity stake, you should know she assigned those without looking at any electronic device.
0: Oh, you thought that I <laughs> cheated? You thought that I had to cheat? Oh my God. Anyway, yeah. anyway. I do
1: think we should get into talking about Pride and Prejudice.
0: Anyway, I'm fueled only on my love for hockey. And,
1: and here Prejudice. we go. We're getting into and Greta, it.
0: And here we go, Greta. Tell me about my your experience with Pride and Prejudice. I did not read it in school because
1: most people don't read it in school, as we established earlier. Okay. I picked it up for funsies. <laughs> love it. <laughs> like when uh, junior or senior year of high school. It was pretty late, okay. and I the first time I tried reading it, I got like. Three chapters in, and I gave up. But I was like, "Nope, this isn't happening right now," and that's okay. Uh, and then, yeah, we I wasn't ready. ready and then, that. what got me back into it was starting to watch the Lizzie Bennett Diaries on yes. YouTube. Great YouTube series, YouTube mini series. Amazing. If, if anyone wants to watch it, I say miniseries, series, though it's not like a hundred and five episodes or something. But
0: it's, it's great. Oh, it's,
1: it's really so good.
0: good. I mean, it it was like two thousand twelve. You know it's a little so cringe, it's, but it's good. But kind yes. of just fake. Mm-hmm. Great point. You just, just agree things. Anyway. anyway There's some. so, yeah, good. so I, I
1: started getting into that and I was like, okay, maybe I should like read the book along with this. And so I did, and I was getting into it, and that was really cool. But I should note that like while that was my first experience like actively with the book and with like like actively paying attention to the material, the BBC miniseries from nineteen ninety five has been in my life for much longer because my parents Watched it at, yes. at least twice a year, you know. Like oh. I listen, I know what your experience is. We don't need to do this. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We will talk but, about it
0: though. But, but yeah, That's the fun thing about it. So this episode.
1: <laughs> I was always uh, like aware of it, and it was always in the background. But like growing up, you know, it was like, oh, I don't know, these people are wearing old costumes, and I don't want yeah, yeah, to pay attention to it. They're yeah,
0: accents, they're saying big words. But then
1: once *Lizzie bennett Diaries* came along, it changed everything, and I was like, you know what, Jane Austen, pretty cool gal. I'm a fan, yeah, and You're so right, and now Elise is my best friend, and I have since seen and and read and just consumed so many forms of pride and prejudice <laughs> in so many capacities. <laughs> and I guess that's on Happy Birthday, Elise.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because you did it. yeah, correct. For I
1: birthday. only did it for you in this specific moment so that I could say
0: thank you and yes, yes. yeah. And we should mention. Lauren and I talk about this in depth in a special bonus episode that is coming out next week, where Lauren has only watched the 2005 movie and read 18% of the book. So we talk about that. We unpack the movie. Look forward to that, I guess.
1: I would say, don't look forward to
0: the movie. The episode is great. (laughs) The episode is so good. Oh my god. Okay. So I read Pride and Prejudice the first time, early high school. Instant love. We know that. I did grow up on... The 1995 BBC miniseries with Colin Firth. i mean with might add, Colin Firth, a shirtless with Colin Firth
1: at one point. Great.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when Greta said that her parents were always watching it, uh, she didn't she didn't mean it the way that I mean <laughs> it when I say that my mom was always watching it because, like, my mom like me. You know, I've, I probably got this from her. Like, she just always has something on in the background. And a lot of times it's the same thing over and over again because, like, if she's doing something, like, she's only paying attention in like specific moments. So then you can watch it like five or six times, and that before you even get the whole thing, like once through, basically. So I watched that miniseries a billion. A billion. Times. I don't know. Billion. I can't do math. Wow, these are real Listen, numbers. We're if I could do here. math, I would be. I would be too powerful. She okay. It Google times. No, (laughs) no Google, and then and then there were a bunch of years where I didn't, and then I got reintroduced, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And you know, now here we are, and I could probably quote most of it. Yeah, I believe you. (laughs) I don't need to demonstrate that. We don't have six hours. (laughs) At least audiobook (laughs) when.
1: Listen, if someone wants to pay her, like she, like honestly, she'd do it for free, like just, him, (laughs) but.
0: I, I can't even be, like, ashamed <laughs> no. of that. I would just really enjoy no. that. I would like to get paid, though. I don't have Fair. that much yeah. time, and so, yeah. like, I should you be should. compensated. If anybody needs <laughs> an audiobook <laughs> and you don't like Audible, which is bad. Sometimes we don't like
1: Audible in this household.
0: <laughs> it's so expensive. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Dumb. Okay, so, yeah, I've loved it since I read it, but also, like, it's very much a part yeah. of my childhood. And I think that's a part of it. Yes. I need you to help me guide okay. this conversation because I have so many things that I want to yeah. talk about. So yeah. tell me the things that stand out to you most in Pride and Prejudice. Like the things that make it really like golden Ooh. for you. Just like throw okay. one out there.
1: One, oh yeah, we're talking sisterly love here.
0: Sisterly love. We love familial love. We do. That's, that's what a good I'm saying. One. And I feel like it's a, a good, good starting
1: one. point too, because when everyone thinks of Pride and Prejudice, they automatically go to the romance. And like, like fair. Which like you know, diet. we love Mr. You know, Darcy you know. after, you know, yeah. development. But <laughs> we love But yeah. equally important is Lizzie's relationship with all of her sisters, and in particular
0: Jane. Jane, yeah, because she is the closest. If you haven't read the book, that's okay. We'll tell you right now, and by we I mean me, <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth is one of five sisters. She has no brothers right so jane is the oldest jane is like 22 elizabeth is 20 then mary is 19 kitty is 17 and lydia your is. your brain 15. is so impressive <laughs> see this is why i can't do math because it's all that space is being yeah. used up you know by i
1: Happy will Ross say in most details. episodes we do have spark notes pulled up it is not I necessary I here. In, this, yeah, in this specific instance elise is the expert
0: i just have the book yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did so, bring <laughs> one of my
1: copies because you know I have multiple copies. I just want everyone to know that SparkNotes is not a viable source for this for this podcast episode.
0: Uh, Elise is SparkNotes. Yeah, it's yeah. me. I know more there than SparkNotes. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, sisterly love. Let's talk about what makes sisterly this so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I love about this sister dynamic here is how loyal she is like to her sister and how much that is like a sticking mm. point for her for for her motivations against Darcy is what he did to her yeah. Jane yeah. even if it you know wasn't intentional he wasn't trying to right hurt Jane he still did and she was like shall
1: we mm. recap what he did to Jane
0: should I just do a summary yeah. here of summary. the whole thing how how summary. how summary of a
1: summary is no, it gonna not a, be
0: okay not a yes let's do it Okay, so, right, we've established the Bennetts, the Bennett household, long-born. Okay, so none of the, these daughters are married. And at this time, right, early 1800s, they needed to get married. They needed to get married because they, like, didn't have a lot of money. Mr. Bennett was lazy and didn't, didn't do a good job running the household and making lots of profits. So, and by running household, I mean running the estate, running the estate, and all of that. So... Mrs. Bennett's, like, sole purpose is to get her daughters married off, which is super valid. That's what everybody did back then. So an estate within a couple of miles of their house gets rented by an eligible bachelor, okay? And he brings an even more eligible bachelor with him. (laughs) And so Mrs. Bennett is like, oh, Mr. Bingley, marry my daughter Jane. And they fall in love, basically. It's very quick right? And Mr. Darcy, who comes in, he is richer, he is older than Mr. Bingley, he is a jerk. Or at least he comes off that way to the town. He insults Elizabeth right off the bat. He does not make a favorable impression on the town. (laughs) So Elizabeth just proceeds to hate Mr. Darcy more and more as they interact while Jane and Bingley are falling in love. And then we notice as this develops, that Mr. Darcy is completely in love with her. And she has no idea. So, eventually, Mr. Darcy is like, Jane is only after Bingley's money. We gotta leave. We he's bros with is, Bingley. He's bros with Bingley. They're tight. Like, he he very much yeah, is yeah, a protector yeah. of him. They vibe like so, that. So, <laughs> yeah. No, he's a very, very loyal friend. And so, he takes Mr. Bingley away. And, obviously, like, this is devastating to Jane. Like, the whole neighborhood thought that they were gonna get married. It's, like, a whole thing. Elizabeth gets Proposed marriage by the heir of of their estate. Her um, cousin, Collins. her cousin, which was really common at this time. We're more distant, though. Gross. It's it's gross. It is gross, but it's not meant. It's a little he, bit. He, he is. He yeah, is. I was going to say, like yeah, he's the cousin thing. Like, isn't Mr. The Collins is thing about Mr. Collins? Yeah. No, he's disgusting. She says a very hard yeah. no, yeah. and that he does not take no for the an answer. He is going on and on about Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is. patroness hey, Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Yeah, so he, you know, lives on Lady Catherine's estate to basically, like, run the church there in their, like, neighborhood, whatever. So he is so icky and wants Elizabeth to marry him, and she says no, and Mrs. Bennett, like, wants to disown her because she said no, and this was going to secure the household, right, because it would stay in the family. The house, after Mr. Bennett dies, will be given to Mr. Collins because of things that we don't need to get into. Misogyny. (laughs) And the law. And the law. Also, that's just misogyny. Anyway. (laughs) And... So that's a whole thing. And basically... Okay, so instead of marrying Elizabeth, Mr. Collins finds the nearest eligible (laughs) woman who is Elizabeth's good friend who's older, Charlotte. Charlotte. And Charlotte marries him right away. She's like, I'm 27 and I'm a burden to my family. So I'm going to marry him and be happy enough. And, like, that's fine for her if that's what she wants, whatever. So then... That gives us the opportunity, right? Darcy and Bingley are in London. They're, they're doing whatever they're going to do. Jane goes to London because she's depressed and Elizabeth convinces her to stay with their aunt and uncle in London. And Elizabeth goes to visit Charlotte at Huntsford Rosings Park, which is Lady Catherine's. Estate. Thank you. So this is where she runs into Mr. Darcy again because Mr. Darcy's aunt is Lady Catherine. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Which is something that we knew from earlier, but that's okay. So in the several weeks that that elizabeth is staying there mr darcy makes a poor attempt of courting her he knows what he's doing she does not understand what he's doing she meets his cousin who tells her that he is responsible for for making mr bingley leave the neighborhood and therefore leave. that pisses her
1: off (laughs)
0: yeah that makes her so mad because jane is heartbroken and in the moment where she is seething uh he walks he being mr darcy Mr. Darcy walks in and he's like, "You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you." And she's in no hurry to do this. She's
1: in absolutely. She's like to- you she what?
0: off. She goes off. I could quote the whole scene. I'm not going to. I'm too powerful in that moment. <laughs> um, and she's adamant. Adamant. No. He takes no for an answer. Except he's like, "Can you? Can you like give me some reason here?" And she sure does. <laughs> Unfortunately, she is wrong because we've forgotten to give you this uh, some information about Mr. Wickham. Miami, Mr. Wickham is a charming lieutenant in the regiment who comes to Meryton, the town that Elizabeth's family lives in. and Kind of courts Lizzie. Kind of courts Lizzie. He has no money, though, so she never considers him a real option. But he turns her more against Darcy, saying that they used to be good friends, good buds, like family friends way back in the day. And he betrayed him and cost him all of his money, all of this, all of this stuff that was just, it was a lie. <laughs> and she didn't understand that because she wanted to be charmed by him. And also it was believable that Mr. Darcy so, was Yeah,
1: because a jerk. he was a jerk to her.
0: Because he was a jerk. She had really no reason to think otherwise. So she confronts Mr. Darcy about this in this moment when he proposes. And that, you know, doesn't go so well. So there's some words that are exchanged. Read the book, guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then... He storms out the next day, she gets a letter from him, he delivers a letter to her, which is a little scandalous, but then he explains this whole history with Mr. Wickham, which is that Mr. Wickham tried to get Darcy's younger sister, Georgiana, to elope with him for the sole purpose of stealing all of her fortune, which was thirty thousand pounds. That would have been a whole lot. That would have been like stuff like several million this man dollars. Is a predator? Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, 28 at least at the time of elopement, and she is 15. Yeah. It's disgusting. Even, like, in this time period, that would have been, like, yeah. Wh- why are you not waiting? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Luckily, Darcy stops it in time, but, like, this is just, Wickham is a terrible person and a gambler and a, all that stuff. So Elizabeth finds this out in the letter that she's reading. Also finds out that the reason that Darcy convinced Bingley to leave the neighborhood was. He thought that Jane wasn't actually in love with him and was just going to marry him because of the money. Because like Mrs. Bennet would convince her to do that. Which like, okay, that's yeah, fair. Mrs. Bennet would, would do that. Yeah. Right. Right. So Elizabeth gets all this information in the letter. She's upset. They part ways, hopefully to never see each other again. Except, except they do. That of course doesn't happen. Elizabeth goes back home. She's with Jane. She's with her family. Lydia's going to go off and like, go hang out with a family friend who also happens to be the colonel of the regiment's new wife. So she's going to go have fun in Brighton. And so Elizabeth is going to go on a fun vacation (laughs) with her aunt and uncle because that's what they did. And they go north and she's going to go visit some estates. They find out one of the estates that her aunt wants to see is Darcy's estate Pemberley because her aunt grew up five miles from Pemberley. So they get word that he's not there. She checks. She's like, yeah, I can't. I can't go there. I turned very it down. embarrassing for me. Real bad. Yeah, she's like had an identity crisis. She's like, you know, all of that. So she is not planning on running into him. Of course, she does run into him. him Faded. <laughs> in a very memorable scene in the 1995 BBC miniseries series that we don't need to get into right but now, like, but watch it's really it. good. But like, watch <laughs> it. Uh, also, read the book. And basically, he has changed yeah. for the better. He has taken what she said to heart and is just acting much more open and has made steps to not be as conceited, Prideful. et cetera.
1: Some oh, might, might say. See what?
0: Prideful. Some might say. Yeah. Some, you know. <laughs> <laughs> some, some <laughs> might say that. So, just when it seems like maybe they'll get to have their chance, Elizabeth gets a letter from her sister, Jane, and she finds out that Lydia has eloped with. Not Mr. Mr. Wickham! We hate Mr. Wickham. And so this means, like, elopement is so scandalous. Elizabeth's family is, like, going to be in ruin because they can't find them. They don't think they've gone to Scotland to get married, which is where you got married if you were mm-hmm. eloping. Like, it's bad. So Elizabeth's like, I gotta go home. But Mr. Darcy finds her in this moment. She's reading this letter and she's crying and he walks in. We don't know what he, like, came there to do, but... He sees her crying. So she tells him everything. He is very distraught and very... he's like, yeah,
1: please go home. Please deal with this. You need to be there.
0: Secretly in his head, he's planning a way (laughs) to fix this. And he does. And he does, but she doesn't know that. So she goes home and not that much time passes before Mr. Bennett gets back home. He's gone to London with the uncle and they're trying to find her. They can't find her. So Mr. Bennett goes home. That's when Darcy slides in. He's like, hey, guys, I know where he is. Let's do this. So he arranges the whole marriage, sets them up with some money and a new, like, they're going to send him off to, like, do military things way up north so they never have to see them (laughs) ever. Mm -hmm. And then he also orchestrates Bingley's return to the neighborhood. We love a man who fixes problems. Yes. Yes, so there's a little bit of, like, some rockiness there where they're, like, not sure because, like, now Elizabeth is convinced that she's, like, in love with him, but, like, it's too late, and he's too shy and all of that stuff. Fools. They're fools. Also, Jane
1: gets proposed to. Jane gets
0: proposed to. Lady Catherine de Bourgh shows up. And insults Elizabeth to no end. She's like, what the? Heck? Yeah. Lady Catherine she... de Bourgh is
1: like, I want you to promise that if my nephew proposes to you, you'll say no. And she's like, no, I won't do that. Are the
0: shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted? Thank you so much for that.
1: That was that was a good quote.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I think it was that. I apt. have a lot of good quotes. You too. As we know. So Elizabeth is like, no, I will not promise ever.
1: Because like, I would say yes. If I mean, you propose, you know I, mean? I would say yes. <laughs> And lo and behold, he shows up, and guess what, folks? He proposes. He proposes,
0: but he says, you know, I'm trying not to quote all of this, but he basically says, you know, if your feelings are what they were before, tell me right now, and I will never bring this up ever again. Yeah, (gasps) A man who respects boundaries? (laughs) And she's like, my feelings are literally the opposite, and then, like, they're engaged. (laughs) Yeah, like, Done. I yeah. wish I didn't have so work I'd
2: go home and read this.
1: <laughs> anyway, so back to Sisterly Love. Sisterly
0: Love. So, right, we get that gold when a big chunk of the reason that she would never consider marrying him supposedly is because of how he her hurt Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just
2: like But then him helping her sister helped turn that all around. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and I just I love that Jane Austen in In all of her novels, but in Pride and Prejudice, obviously, mm-hmm. arguably her best novel. Yeah, she doesn't forget about those important female relationships because because you know there's so many times where like those types of things are like kind of pushed to the side in lieu of like the more important relationship, which is the romantic ones. And I just love that Lizzie is like, no, My relationship with my sister is the most important thing to me. And I'm going to prioritize that above, you know, like improving my station mm-hmm. and above. Because like, any sane
0: woman at this time period would have said yes right. in a heartbeat, literally even if they hated them. Maybe especially if they hated them. Yeah. yeah. So much money. Like we're talking so much money for this time period and it would have elevated her status so much.
1: Right. And she really like stuck to it and was like, no, friendship, girl power, sisterhood. But, you know, less girl boss.
0: (laughs) Yeah, more the Regency version. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I think that is just such an amazing takeaway from this novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So returning to Sisterhood for a moment because I also want to talk about Lydia Mm -hmm. um, and the importance of how Sisterhood shows up in that sense because Lydia is, like, the annoying little one. (laughs) Except she's the tallest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, that's a detail that I don't need to know (laughs) (laughs) okay but she's 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 the annoying little sister who's like obsessed with like flirting with soldiers and like Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff and it's like there's a whole novel she's treated as kind of like a nuisance right Mm -hmm. so then when you get to the end of the book and it's like but she's like being preyed on Mm -hmm. you know and all this stuff comes up it's like such a turnaround for lizzie and and for everyone right because like even though she's been treated like as this nuisance the entire Mm -hmm. time and like As, like, you know, this, like, frivolous creature. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, her life is going to suck now.
1: Right. Like, it becomes, like, no, we need to protect her at all costs. And Mm -hmm. we need, like, this is the most important thing for us. It's not so much... I mean, it is a little bit about protecting the family name because, like, the whole family will be ruined. Because it has to be, yeah. Right? But also, it's so much of it is, like, I need to be there for my sister and care for my sister in this horrible time. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think coming back to that as, like, the fact that both sisters, both Jane and Lydia, in, like, times of trauma and turmoil and all this stuff, being such... Centerfolds mm-hmm. in the plot, I think, is
0: so meaningful.
2: I love that it's basically like
0: only I'm allowed to make fun of her. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is, and as- like that is especially like so true with Elizabeth and how she views her family. Because part of what she hates about Darcy's response to her telling him no and the reasons why is that he brings up fairly valid points about the behavior of her family. That she's very aware of. Like, we see her embarrassment from, like, her mother's behavior and from her sister's behavior. And she, like, she knows that it's not supposed to be like that. But she is so, like, ashamed to hear that and so offended to hear that from him. Did he say it in the best way? Absolutely not. Yeah. Awkward bean. But, yeah. Mm. And, okay.
1: So, I love, I love talking about sisterhood. But for the sake of time, I feel like we have to move on to the meat
0: of this course and by that you mean the love the love the love we and know i've talked about this trope before and i i just love it it's the man is so desperately in love <laughs> and the woman thinks that he he hates her and yeah. she hates him back so much
2: yeah i the only acceptable quote-unquote enemies to lovers yes
0: agreed it's certainly the best yeah mm-hmm. i will yeah. not take criticism on that thank you yeah <laughs> Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. And I don't know. The best thing about this relationship to me is just, like, both of their willingness to change. Yes. I don't feel like we see that enough in romances, especially yes. modern romances, where both parties are like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's issues here, and we have problems, and we've made a mistake and now, instead of just like giving an empty apology, like a hollow like, "I'm sorry, we're going to go back and we're going to try and write whatever we can mm-hmm. and make up for what we can't. Mm-hmm. you know? yeah, and love. healthy growth and boundaries, yes, yeah. and And Darcy actively does that with like fixing things between Bingley and Jane mm-hmm. and then for what he can't make up for, you know, like, insulting Lizzie at the party when they first met and just like you know like
0: kind of a jerk even if
1: it was accidental right he (laughs) makes up for that in other ways later on Mm -hmm. but particularly just like in the ways that he changes um his mindset surrounding her family and and that kind of thing
0: and how he interacts with her aunt and uncle yeah when they exactly yeah it's a big thing for her that's one of the scenes where she's like is, this, is, is, is this, this the same, same guy? person? Wow. And I think that's one of the things that very often gets overlooked is this. Both parties recognizing what they've done and making the steps to change it. Some of the adaptations take parts of that away from, from either side, like making it more one person's fault. Right. And I think you lose so much there because it's so important that they're both, like, they both need a nudge to see what's going on, but, yeah. like, they both take a moment Reflect and they're like, oh shoot! Like I haven't, yeah, you know, been doing this. Uh, One of my favorite quotes from the book is, "Till this moment, I never knew myself." Yeah, I Lauren's face right now, (laughs) Lauren. You gotta read the book. (laughs) Everybody read the book. It's a good book. uh We wouldn't be talking about it two hundred years later if it weren't. But I just think that like identity crisis that they kind of both go through, and you know, we obviously we see more of more of Elizabeth, right? But we can piece it together for Darcy, and I think. That's so important. It's not just, you know, they confronted each other about, like, what was wrong. It was, like, they both tried to fix it, and and particularly, like, with, with Darcy's behavior, like, what he could do to fix it. And it wasn't with the intention of, like, making her fall in love with him or anything. Like, he just recognized this is a bad thing. And I shouldn't, like, have done this. Non-manipulative yeah. character growth. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Uh-huh. uh-huh. No ulterior motive. I mean, like, maybe, like, a little bit. Maybe, Bleh. like, there was a part of his mind that was, like, maybe. <laughs> maybe, he was still like, I maybe I can hope, I almost asked know? if
2: this man was real. And then I remembered, in fact, he is not. <laughs> he, is he is not. not. <laughs> yeah, he was quite
0: literally fictional, yeah. The bar is really, really high. The bar is really, really high. But that doesn't mean that people can't meet the bar. <laughs>
1: this is why, you know, even 200 years later, we're still getting adaptations of this same love story over and over again because she did it so well and in such a respectful way that even like the blueprint of it is still impactful and can can still be made new I think in different ways oh absolutely Um, and I don't know I just I think there's something so amazing about that I guess and just like how how this story has
0: just like endless ways to be adapted uh-huh um, and, and i think we were i i would like to talk about a little bit to the the characters yeah. specifically and how you know when i'm when i'm reading when i'm just like thinking about the characters even if it's somebody like lady catherine de berg who we're not super close to and we're not really supposed to like it all mm. right the this sort of they feel so real to me and like i start getting concerned i go really deep and i'm like oh, my God, you know, there's, there's this moment where the Catherine de Berg says to Elizabeth, oh, daughters are never much consequence to so their fathers. Mm. And I just, I, I stopped one day because I, I read that or I heard that or whatever I was doing. And I was like, oh, my God, did her dad say that to her? Yeah. <gasps> and just, like, like, looking at what these people were shaped by that we don't even see. Like, the universe that they are in, the universe that they are extends so far beyond this book. Yeah. I mean, I cried one day thinking about that. I
2: feel like, given the depth that every character has, if Jane Austen wrote this today, she would have, like, six cork boards, and they would all have red string.
0: <laughs> have you seen my dorm? <laughs> <So interesting. Yes. laughs> you couldn't believe it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Elise does have six cork boards. Maybe it extends out. Ooh. It's a away cork board. <laughs> you Birthday open your door, and they <laughs> all just <keep> go <laughs> flying out. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know, guys. It's such a good book.
0: <laughs> it is so good. Whenever anybody is like, what's your favorite book? It is always going to be my answer. Yeah. Do I think that it is the best book of all time ever and there will never be a better? No. 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 But that's also not what a favorite book should be. Yeah. No. For listen. me. And like, this is my definition of a favorite book. So your definition, you you guys or you, the listeners, mine different. Mine is a book that feels like home. It's a book that feels like warmth and comfort Mm. it's the thing that you can pick up even when you can't pick up anything else it's the thing that you bring with you if you know that you're going to be like uncomfortable in a situation you're like i can flip to any page i can i can look at any chapter and be like sucked into it and just get lost in the pages again no matter how many times i reread it i'm finding another layer of something i am falling in love with it over and over
1: and over again definitely and that's why so many people's favorite books are, like, books they read when they were kids, too. You know, like, there's there's such that comforting, like, nostalgia of it all that is amazing. And Pride and Prejudice is such a great book to have as a favorite book because, like, one, like, we're exposed to it so, so much, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're only exposed to, like, adaptations of it as a mm-hmm. kid, like, you're still being exposed to it.
0: I think... You know, and I've been diving into this book with a new perspective lately because I am writing for my senior capstone. I'm writing Mm -hmm. a Regency novel that is I created because I'm so inspired by this setting because of this book. Yeah. And it's so I'm I'm learning so much more about the world. And not only that, but I'm learning so much more about Jane Austen's version of the world Mm -hmm. and the function of her dialogue. And so much that is like a billion more layers that I had no idea were there. Even though every time I read it, I get something else. And I think that's like a text has so much value when you can look at it through so many different lenses and get so much out of it because of that. And like, yeah, I can just curl up in my bed and watch any of the many adaptations that I love, whether it's Lizzie Bennett Diaries or the Pride and Prejudice musical off-Broadway. Off, off or the 1940 version that is a gem that nobody e- nobody likes, a- like any of that. Like, or I, I can open it up and I can look at it from this analytical perspective. I can look at, at it from a what did this possibly inspire? Yeah, in the next 200 years of fiction of the novel, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is some of the like the first of the novel in the way that we know it today. That's so inspiring and beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Add that oh. to my resume. <laughs> And I,
1: I mean, I just want to reiterate again, like Jane Austen is a master. Yes. <laughs> and all of her books are masterpieces. But there is a reason that this one has such a special place in yes. people's hearts. Yes.
0: It's amazing. So very long story short, you should read this book.
1: Please I do. think
0: this is this for me. Do it for me for my birthday. Read this book. Uh, also, do it for yourself. Yeah,
1: and if if we're exposing your high school reading list, this is one that does not need to be exposed. I guess as you anything need to be other, to right? It. it doesn't need to be exposed as anything other than the amazing book that it mm-hmm. is, and and it still holds up, and you should still read it.
0: Yes, yes, you should. And if if you don't want to read it, watch the 1995 BBC miniseries. It's
1: basically the same. It is. It is
0: as close as you can get. And I like. I fully support that. I think that it makes it really accessible. I believe it's on Hulu.
1: Yes. Well, I want to I want to thank you all for coming on this very, very long, long journey special with
0: us <laughs> to celebrate my birthday. If you're still listening, you're the best.
1: <sighs> this is why we love you. Yeah.
0: And let us know what you thought of this episode or any other. Please give me your thoughts on Pride and Prejudice. You know, I want to hear them. Yeah. You know, I want to hear them. And stay tuned for our special episode next week to be released on the 26th of November. A special episode diving into the 2005 movie. But you can find us on social media at EYRL Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram. Our website, EYRLpodcast.wordpress.com. Please send us an email. Write us an essay and send, us, send it to us in an email. love getting mail, folks. <laughs> and that email is podcastEYRL at gmail.com. Thank you. So, 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 so much for (laughs) listening and sticking with us here and me. Happy birthday to me.